1: I have a surprise guest today. Well, it was a surprise to me. I had someone else booked today and they got sick. And Ruth, my dog sitter, was there when I got the cancellation. I said, how about we podcast today? So she jumped right in and I was so grateful. And we ended up having a really great conversation. So Ruth dog sits for me and she has a really unique lifestyle. And I just wanted to have a conversation with her about it I've been wanting to have actually podcast with her about her lifestyle for a while. So it was just serendipitous She was here. My guest canceled and it just ended up being a great conversation So I hope you enjoy today's episode with ruth Two things one is we are changing our book club book. We are going to still um read that book club book in january But the new book club book is called Orange is the New Black. I'm sure you've heard of or have watched the TV show. But um, I wanted to read the book. There's no theme for this book. There's no like genre. We just wanted to read something that was kind of interesting and well-written. And um, that's what we're reading. So next book club book is Orange is the New Black. I don't remember the name of the one we were supposed to read. But we're going to postpone that one to January. Um, It was a book that required some reflection and some writing and some homework and we're just overwhelmed and we don't have the bandwidth for it so we're pivoting orange is the new black join us for that book club we'll probably have that episode in a couple weeks um the second thing is if you're looking for me online you can go to birdieboyproductions.com birdieboyproductions.com to find the podcast the merch and uh anything else you may be looking for wife of the party related you can send me an email at that website as well thank you for all your emails and your support thank you for sharing thank you all the people who come up to me in public and say thank you so much for your podcast it's really very sweet and um and i really appreciate it so thank you um i hope you enjoy this episode with my dog sitter ruth Mm -hmm.
0: I rode my bicycle past your way. How are you? I'm okay.
1: Yeah. Thank you for doing my podcast today. Sure. It's nice to Good see you. To Good to see you and too. And I love your blouse. I
0: know. We just keep switching. Like I saw you that one day.
1: I know. Well, it's because you're <laughs> helping me and I can't slow down enough to be here. That's the whole point is you're here because I'm not here. Right. Most of the time. But one or the other. I I didn't ask you this ahead of time. We can stop and start over. Can we talk about how your lifestyle? Sure. I think it's so fascinating. Yeah. I think it's really brave. Well, thanks. <laughs> so tell everybody how you live. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I live on the edge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do kind of live on the
0: edge. I do. I'm the financial edge on the home. I'm, I'm officially homeless, but I'm well taken care of. I live in very nice places for a homeless person.
1: I don't think of you as homeless. I think of you as more like nomadic.
0: Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. Because but, you always have a home. Like you, you're I always a place to go. Right. right. Yeah.
0: But, but I don't actually have a permanent address.
1: Well, here's the positive spin. <laughs> it sounds very negative when you say I'm homeless. Here's the positive spin you don't pay rent. Right. And you live in other people's homes while they're out of town or traveling, and you take care of their pets or their homes mm-hmm. or sometimes for me, my kid. And so you don't really need an apartment. Correct. That to me, that's to me, that's what I see.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it started because I was I was away from I did have an apartment and then I was away so much. It seemed pretty stupid to keep paying for a place I was never at. Yeah. And then um, the woman that owned the house that I was I had the upstairs apartment and she retired and moved to Maine. So I just sort of never looked.
1: Isn't that, you just never looked? Never looked. So did you just buy a storage unit or rent a storage unit? Yeah, I have
0: a storage unit. Yeah. I have my trunk.
1: You have a trunk? And your trunk. My trunk trunk and my car. car I was like, you have a trunk? (laughs) Like a steamer trunk? (laughs) No, I have (laughs) a
0: cedar chest. That's That's good. That was like the one piece of furniture I kept because it was my parents. Oh. So that's it. And a bunch of boxes.
1: Yeah. What's in the boxes?
0: Oh, like, stuff you'd have around your home like memorabilia okay papers yeah stuff like that like not nothing, like a coffee maker no <laughs> like i mean i don't know i haven't been like through everything in so long that god only knows what's really in there um
1: the reason i think this is really cool is i don't know if you know this about me i've talked about it before on the podcast but i grew up in a community that bartered oh wow uh, bartered for a lot like if i put gas in my car I wrote a ticket and then the guy who ran the gas station went to my dad and my dad would fix his car. Oh wow! So then I never really paid for gas. The same with the pharmacist, the dentist, the doctor, not really the, the, the small grocery store. Um, I could do that with, but not the regular, like the Piggly Wiggly, not that one, right. but anything that was kind of locally owned, uh, no cash. I mean, cash would almost never change hands the way I grew up. So to me, I think I'm, That's not super odd to me that you are basically bartering for a place to live. Right. It's a win win situation.
0: And that's how I like to see it, because when I do find crash pads for the few days, like in between jobs and stuff, I always like to trade it for something. I don't want to just like show up on, you know, keep showing up on somebody's couch. Right. So I like to have it where I can trade. Right. You know, that it is a win win.
1: Yeah, it's a total win win. I think it's (laughs) I think it's kind of awesome. (laughs) Like if I were a single I, I could totally see doing that because, I I mean, I'm so Pollyanna sometimes or so like a glass half full sometimes. This is part of why I wanted to talk to you about it is I just feel like how much freedom you must have to not have to pay rent. Yeah. Is that how you feel?
0: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it only sucks like there's there's been a few times where I'm sort of like in between a job, like I've finished one place and I'm waiting for somebody else to leave. Yeah. And then you're really like, oh, my God, I have nowhere to go.
1: Right. <laughs> Yeah, that would be unnerving so, a little. So
0: that's kind of weird. But I mean, I always have a place, yeah, you know, to go next. But it's just there have been a few moments like that. But yeah, I mean, not paying rent is everything. Like I couldn't live the way I do, and I certainly couldn't live in the nice places. Like my lifestyle would not be what it is, you know. Yeah, my home style or whatever. Like yeah. I, I get to be in exceptionally n- nice places most of the time, right? You know that are way beyond my means. So
1: right, it's so cool. So what's stressful about it?
0: What's the glass half empty? Living on the financial edge because it's not steady work. So even that, or it's that, and then my own problem of of um, you know, asking for enough money from people.
1: (laughs) Right, you do (laughs) have that problem. I
0: have that issue. Yes, you do. So that, but it's it's just kind of living on the financial edge. I think, but it's getting better. Yeah, I, I have a little bit in the bank now. That's good. Yeah. So, but yeah, not paying rent. I mean, I couldn't do this and pay rent. Right. It's not, I mean, I don't make enough to do that.
1: No, yeah, I completely, yeah, there's in L. A. In L. A. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, and that's the thing. Like, if I ever d- do you decide I want to settle down again, they're sort of like, what would I do? Where would I go? Because right. I don't have a lot, you know, backing me up to yes. start over. And because I don't have any furniture anymore. <laughs>
1: <even>. <laughs> You'd be really starting over. Um Yeah, that is an interesting perspective. You're kind of not stuck, but stuck a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to have something kind of major get you to another level. And that's
0: why, I mean, that's why, I mean, it's been going on for years now. But, like, I'm hoping that that's what the documentary is, you know, that that's my stepping stone to my next thing that I can start traveling and talking and living in hotels instead of
1: people's Yeah, right? Houses. <laughs> instead of people's houses. I don't know, it's not so glamorous to live in a hotel long term. It gets kind of like know. room service again. Oh my god. I mean, as much as I love room service, after getting it for a couple of days in a row, you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, I could do something different here.
0: I just love traveling. I miss traveling. You do? So it's it's a, it's that that's the other thing, like all summer, like everybody I was sitting for was off to Europe and on the, all these yes. great vacations. I'm like, OK, oh, I'm going to see in October. <laughs> uh-huh. Phoenix is fun. No, it was totally fun. We saw. um Did I? Are we on? Are we on? Now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we saw this band. I was with my cousin and and um, the band Bread, you know, from uh-huh. the 70s. There's a tribute band called Toast and it was Fantastic. I mean it was just silly and fun and I love their music so there was no way the show would suck, you know, and yeah, it was yeah. funny. So I have a, a t-shirt now that says Toast the Ultimate Bread Experience.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cute. Where so, would you like to travel?
0: Um everywhere and anywhere. I mean I've I've been to Europe a few times and stuff, but I, I still want to go like South Pacific and um uh, Scandinavia. I'd love to go to. So, yeah, just keep moving.
1: Yeah. Traveling is so fun. It's so expensive. Yeah. It's crazy nowadays how much it costs to do anything, it feels like. Yeah. Um, like I
0: mean, that. even driving to Phoenix with the gas prices. You could,
1: you could <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's pricey. There's so much to do in the U.S. too. It's hard sometimes, you know, to think when Bert's like, let's go to, you know, New Zealand. I go, but I haven't been to Wyoming.
0: Right. You know,
1: I haven't been. I haven't seen Yellowstone. I haven't seen Mount Rushmore. I have been to the Grand Canyon a couple times, but I haven't seen the Ozarks. I haven't, you know, I haven't been really up in the Pacific Northwest much to speak of. I've been to Alaska. There's a lot to see here that you could, if you really wanted to, you could
0: drive to. Yeah, Take a
1: little effort, but you could get there.
0: You get a camper.
1: Could get a camper.
0: And just go out. We did that. We we used to have a trailer that we traveled with in the summer, a station wagon and a trailer. And um, when we moved to Texas, we you know it's hard to get out of texas but we went and we did like all the national parks and stuff so that was that was really fun because it's, it? it's just an easy cool way to do it you know
1: you did all the national parks
0: not like all, the of them, all of them but we did like bryce zion like um great national like, painted park, desert that, and i love like that, that national park yeah stuff like that
1: they're great so like it doesn't even look like it's on this planet does it no no i remember driving through there going what is this place? This is like some other world. It is. It's so
0: beautiful. I feel it's places like that. I always feel like it's a Hollywood set, you know? Yeah, it's, right. It's it looks so nice. It's got to be fake, you know? It's got to be fake. But there is a lot of land left in this country. You think there's not, and then you go to places like that, and it's just awesome.
1: It's true. We went to uh, we went somewhere recently, and I was like, look at all this, just like open land. There's nothing here. Um, We just live in such a congested environment. It's hard to remember. Yes. Yes, it is. It's a big place. (laughs) Um, So how did you get into dog sitting?
0: I got into dog sitting. um, I used to travel a lot for work. I worked in television and I traveled a lot and I had a dog. And so when I traveled, a lot of my friends would watch my dog. And then he unfortunately died Mm. and I had stopped traveling so much for work. I was doing more post-production and, um, people just started asking me like, well, since you don't have your dog, could you watch my dog? And it kind of grew from there. It's just, it's really, I mean, I've been so lucky. It's been word of mouth. Yeah. Um, I've never really had to advertise. I was on rover.com for like a minute. I had one client from rover.com, but, um, you don't make a lot of money. <laughs> 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 it's like because the, the, they live downtown and I had to pay for parking. So by the time I got paid, it was like ten dollars. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So that wasn't. But luckily, I mean, it's just been great people that, you know, a lot of the same neighborhood people that know each other just keep referring me and I still get new clients. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not I'm not totally looking for them because my regular clients kind of keep me booked. But, um, you know, i I rarely say no if I don't have to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. I know people ask me for your number and I go, hmm, (laughs) do I want you to have it? Because then she may be booked when I want her. (laughs) So I have to really go, who is this person and what do they mean to me? Uh, If you mean enough to me, I'll give you the number. If you don't, you can forget it. I'm not doing it because I'm greedy. (laughs) But I
0: There's a a couple of clients like you that I check with first if I'm going to book. Because, I mean... You've, you've been great to me and I love your dogs and <laughs> they
1: love you. Good Lord. You come in the house and you would think Jesus himself had showed up. It's
0: like, what? Ruth is here. I'm chopped liver. Well, we have fun and good. Well, it's, but it's so easy for me. Cause it's like, they're the only thing I have to focus on when I'm in your house. Yes. So it's like, they do get all the attention. Yes. That's my job. Yes. So it's not like I'm trying to do all this other stuff and yeah. sort of pay attention to them. It's just, there why i'm there
1: what i think is really interesting about your job is i think there are so there are jobs like your job or similar that people don't think about having even uh not not, i i still don't think of you as homeless i think of you (laughs) as an actively working dog sitter who doesn't have time to have a home You've, you've made a smart decision in my opinion is very smart um but i wonder if people in communities where they are struggling would think about that as a way of getting themselves somewhere to live it takes a little bit of a hustle right you have to keep up with people and and be responsible obviously and do what you say and show up on time and those responsibility pieces i know are not is not for everybody even in the nine to five workplace but I don't know. I just love that. I love the idea of um, making your way in the world work for you. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. No, that's that's definitely been because I love it. I mean, I, I've always loved dogs and and I love it. And it gives me time, <clears throat> excuse me, to do my stuff, you mm-hmm. know, to work on my film. And I'm writing a book now. You uh, are? Yeah. A memoir.
1: A memoir? That's yeah. exciting.
0: It is. So it's so that's kind of why I started, too, because I figured, you know, in television, you can't really have another job because it's no. often very life consuming. Yes. And so that was part of the reason I started this, too, is because I wanted time. But it was a slow start. I mean... There was the first year I was crafting on people's couches and sort of making a pest of myself yeah. a few times, but slowly it got, it got better and better and better.
1: Busier and busier. Yeah. Right?
0: And now like, I think in November there's maybe four days I'm not booked. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's amazing.
0: And, and it's just, it's been kind of magical too. Cause people slide in like I'll have, like I had two weeks in November open and then somebody called an, a new client and asked for like those exact dates. Wow that i was like yeah sure i happen
1: to be available
0: so it's just i don't know who's watching out for me but it's some some good force
1: your mother is watching out for you i think she's probably part of the big team up there maybe i think so that would be nice oh i have no doubt (laughs) that she is watching out for you absolutely thank you um uh i forgot what i was gonna ask you now um what is the hardest part about living like this
0: i think i already asked you that just but moving my stuff around it's just like i get around. sick of packing and you know wear stuff i end up wearing like three outfits because i just you know stuff ends up at the bottom of a bag or a suitcase and like i try every couple of weeks i try and totally reorganize my suitcase and stuff but i'm still carrying around like four of the you know reusable bags with crap in it and extra stuff <laughs> yeah so yeah even though like I'm totally on the move. I can't pare down enough to just have one suitcase. Right. So it's just that gets to be kind of a pain. And then just knowing I have stuff in storage that I might want to get to, like I like to paint as kind of a hobby, but it's like all my painting stuff is in is in storage Mm -hmm. and to get it out, you know, it's a big production. And then I have to be at somebody's house where there's room for me to spread out and like put my drop cloth down and, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't mess anybody's house up. And things like that. And it just never seems worth it. Cause usually I'm, you know, if I was somewhere for like two or three weeks, maybe, but you know, if I'm just somewhere for four days, it's kind of ridiculous to go get all my stuff and start something and then have to go put it back in storage.
1: (laughs) Right. That is a pain. Yeah. That is a pain. Does it bother you that you don't have a refrigerator that's just yours?
0: No, because honestly, even <laughs> when I did have a refrigerator.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just worried about that. I'm worried that you don't have a fridge. There is
0: <laughs> nothing in it. All I drink, all I need is my Diet Coke. And I just buy that as I need it. As you need it. So, yeah.
1: Such an easy way to live. I'm kind of jealous. I feel like my life is so busy and crazy all the time and stacked on every angle. Um that, that seems really lovely to just be that sim- simple. And I mean, simple in the best way. Yeah. It's just very kind of clean and streamlined. And what do you need? This, Then you have that and that's what you need. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. If
0: I like to cook or anything, it would be more of an issue, but I don't. So you know, yeah. I eat when I need to and whatever. Yeah. But it's nice because you've got places to go and people to be around and stuff. I mean, it does get a little lonely sometimes and and boring sometimes because like how many things are there to watch on Netflix after totally. you've watched Netflix for hours on it.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> but if you're writing a book, then you've got plenty to do. Yeah, I do. But you it's do. like
0: I can't focus on it all the time. Oh no, you yeah, So it's like sometimes I just sit there like I'm not sure what I should do with myself right now. <laughs>
1: so have you ever dog set a dog that you were scared of
0: i i haven't sat a dog i'm scared of i've i've had dogs i'm scared to walk um oh yeah there's a german shepherd that i walk um really big really tall one whose mother basically told me if because he goes after squirrels like if he goes drop the leash <laughs> yeah, really because he will pull you down wow and then i had an incident where it's not a pit bull like pit bulls are bad story it was just this um one of those really big low strong pit bulls and I tripped over it. Oh. it like got under my feet somehow and I tripped over it and fell flat on my face. Oh no and stuff. But I was scared to walk those dogs anyway because I'm like I'm not that strong. And I'm like, um if I saw me walking a pit bull like that, I'd be like, that girl should not be walking that dog. Then
1: how do you walk my dogs?
0: <laughs> because your dogs don't do that. They're not like aggressive. I'm not scared of that they're gonna oh, get aggressive okay. and pull aggressive and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean Mac a couple of times is when there's been other dogs has been like jumpy and pulley but I know he's controllable yeah he you know it's it's not going to run pull yeah. me across the street or anything
1: no he does listen pretty good he's not perfect but I know when I walk him if I get stern enough in my voice he'll he'll yeah he's like okay I can't yeah. do
0: that I think I trust your dogs I've known because I've known Max since he's a puppy too, I mean so. you
1: were here when he first got here I first know. day Mr. Mac he's so Mm -hmm. sweet yeah i i walked him uh a couple weeks ago i walked him once and uh (laughs) there was a dog waiting behind this fence just waiting for us had no idea this dog was anywhere in the world and the dog literally snout through the cracks in the fence and it scared mac to death and he bolted for just a minute because it just scared the shit out of him and he almost pulled me down, too. But that leash we have with the thing in the front yeah. of his chest uh, is unbelievably good. Yeah. It's um, helpful. It's really helpful. I, could, I couldn't walk in with like a choke collar. He dragged me all over town. Um, there's no way.
0: Yeah. Right. No, that's the, the only time he ever almost pulled me down was actually off your front stairs because of the Halloween decoration. <laughs> <I>
1: know, he's, <laughs> he's so scared of the Halloween decoration. He just jumped. He's so ran. scared. He's such a. Maybe I shouldn't put this out in the world. He's a really scary attack dog. <laughs> no, he is really um scared of his own shadow, right? He's a big scaredy cat.
0: Oh God, but when I was staying here, I think it was two weekends ago or whatever, they um I had just taken him out back on the leash, or whatever. And like the second we went outside, somebody set off fireworks or something, and oh it was like no. Up, and he bolted inside so fast and then he wouldn't go out back again and yeah. when i took him outside he, it was the whole like tail down yeah you know <laughs>
1: like, he yeah was so he does scared. not like fireworks no fourth of july he was a disaster oh, poor thing. i felt terrible because you can't talk to them you yeah. can't go hey buddy it's okay it's not a gun right he's just like what's happening
0: it's just loud noise that i, I don't, don't see like anything it.
1: yeah don't like <laughs> it um so you sit cats too
0: I say cats, too. Uh-huh. I've, I've come to appreciate cats. I wasn't always a cat person. I've come, come to appreciate, to appreciate them. <laughs> them.
1: I am totally a cat person. I've come to appreciate dogs. <laughs> uh, I love my dogs, but I would just have cats. I'd have really? a house full of cats. Yeah, they're so easy. And to me, I get the same love from a cat that I do from a dog. If you have the right cat. You know, some cats are just assholes. Right. Um, if you get the right temperament cat. I mean, Gus is kind of like a dog. Yeah, he just kind of was like, hey, what's up? Can I sit in your lap? Cool. Feed me. and I'm cool. He's just like, cool. Like a dog. Um, What is the weirdest animal you've ever sat?
0: Um, Oh, what was it? It was not like a grasshopper. A little lizard thing. Oh, my God. I mean, and there was well, there's um, this couple that has they had that they had a rabbit um, and a chicken I guess the chickens might be the weirdest, but, um, but yeah, so I didn't really have to do anything with that. Yeah. But the only thing I won't do is snakes. No snakes? Uh, No. Reptiles? No.
1: Not going (laughs) to drop a rat in a cage and watch him eat it alive? Oh, so disturbing.
0: No. And I'm not, that's, that's part of the reason I'm not a total cat person. It's like, I'll, I'll be your friend and I'll love you until you bring me a dead animal. Yeah. And then I will not be a fan. Yeah for that moment
1: you just have to reframe it because really what they're doing is they're loving you
0: i know it's a gift but
1: they're bringing you a present they're saying i love you they're also saying i don't believe that you're competent enough to hunt so i'm going to hunt for you and feed you (laughs) so if you reframe it a little bit it makes it a
0: little bit better but not entirely i don't need gifts (laughs) i'll love you without the gifts
1: (laughs) i know
0: they're so funny
1: this week My podcast sponsor is Factor. I love this company. So Factor does quick and easy meals. that you just heat and eat and they are so good. I mean, I've had them for lunch. I've had them from dinner. They have vegan. They have vegetarian. They have protein plus meals. They have keto. They have calorie smart meals. They are uh, dietitian approved recipes. You can have four meals or you can have 18 meals a week. I love their veggie chili. I also had this um, shrimp and rice dish. I Sorry, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was delicious. Their smoothies are so yummy. And I take a big sip out of their smoothie and add a little protein powder. And now I have a protein smoothie. I love this company. They make it super easy to, to change up your menus. If you If you want something different every week, you can do that. You can customize it and make it whatever you want. They're so easy and they're really tasty. So head to go.factor75.com slash wife60 and use the code wife60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code wife60 at go.factor75.com slash wife60 to get 60% off your first box. You can also click the link in the description below to get the uh, website and the promo code. Thank you Factor for sponsoring Wife of the Party.
0: So how's your documentary? It's going well, it's going well. It's Just nailing it down and then I'm waiting for, my director um, has been working on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame special. Amazing. So I'm getting him back next month when that goes to air and um so then hopefully we'll just finish it we'll
1: just oh you're that close
0: yeah i mean it's it's mostly about the visuals now and getting all, the rest of the stuff shot like all the pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and shot and in there and
1: the, you are down the home stretch the
0: I hope so. How long long, have you been working on this project? It's been about six years. It's a long time. I mean, from when I, from first conception to, you know, and then it was about a year till I first started shooting Mm -hmm. and then I did one round of interviews and then it was another year and I did the second round of interviews. And then from then it's just been playing with, playing with it and trying to get my partners to pay attention to me. And yeah. (laughs) Because yeah. it's hard. I mean, I really thought, oh, I can just do this by myself, you know, because of my background in TV. I'm like, oh, I'll just put it all together myself. But it's when it's your own story and it's, you know, everything's on you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been harder than I thought just to nail it down. Um, but it's going well. It's going well. And then writing the book has actually helped, too. Because yeah. because all the stuff I think should should go in the documentary won't fit. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like having a place to put it sort of makes me not be so weird about let me try and squeeze that in or yeah. let me move that around or yeah. whatever you can it's let it go. me focus more yeah
1: let it go f- where that documentary is concerned because it has a place yeah that's great yeah that's uh that is uh dedication and perseverance to continue <laughs> on with this project you've raised money for it you've put your own blood sweat and tears into it it's been a big yeah. long haul it has yeah how do you feel
0: I feel good. I'm, I feel frustrated because I just want it to be done now, cause, yeah. especially because I've been talking about it for so long. It sort of gets embarrassing. But
1: <laughs> why? Don't ever be embarrassed about that. It just because it's taken it so long. That's I know, but okay.
0: I remember when I started, somebody was like, How long do you think it'll take? I'm like, Oh, probably a year. Because I was so used to working, you know, where somebody gives you the money and gives yeah. you the resources or whatever. But I didn't realize how hard it was on the flip side just right. to, you know, have the idea, have the people. But now I need the resources. So. Right that's been the hardest part um, for me and my issues with money. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That is is hard. That's hard. I think for everybody. Yeah.
0: And that they do say most documentaries take like seven to 10 years.
1: That's what I was thinking. It's so funny. We were saying, I was like six years seems like about right. Yeah. Seems about right.
0: Just wait it out and then it'll just be done.
1: And you'll be done before you know it. (laughs) Boom. And you're like, that was fast six years. Maybe. I don't know. Um, What are you going to do with it?
0: Um, Well, I want to, you know, try and get it in the festivals and streaming somewhere. But then I also really want to make a shorter version of it to use for like educational purposes um, and to, to take out on the road and hopefully do speaking and and just talking about the subject and and using it kind of as my platform to mm. be a valid person in that world. Right. Have something to talk about.
1: Yes. And that world is a world of suicide.
0: Yes. Right. Suicide, yes. Loss. Yes. suicide
1: loss. Suicide yeah. loss. So as for the survivors.
0: Survivors. Yeah. People that have had people die by suicide. Mm-hmm. Which there are many.
1: There are many. It's it's a heavy, heavy. Um, it's a heavy load for your life when you have someone as close as you were as your mom. Yeah. I would imagine that would be a lot to carry for your yeah. whole life. So, um, doing something that helps other people has got to lighten the load.
0: Yeah, definitely. And my mom was a social worker too. And I always going into television, I felt guilty that I never was in a helping profession. Mm. And so I was sort of, this is sort of like the joining, you know, my social service gene with, you know, what I naturally like to do. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, makes it special in that way for me you know i it's was a perfect like, fit. i didn't waste all that time in tv <laughs> no time was never wasted no i mean you know what i mean it's yeah. just because always thinking i should be something else but
1: isn't that hard that we do that to ourselves we think we should be something else or something more than what we are which is why i again find the way you live very admirable yeah because the most of us go no, no no that's not enough but right. why why isn't it enough you're, you're, you're safe, you're warm, you're in a lovely home. Why is that not enough for most people? Right. Myself I'm, included, by the way.
0: Right. And I'm directly helping other people. That's yes. how I look at it. It's like, cause I, that's are. what, a, that's what drives me is sort of wanting to be a helper. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I do things so other people can go do their things that right. they need to do. So,
1: and that's so lovely and admirable and healthy in a lot of ways. It's kind of very balanced compared to the rat race we most of us live in where you work a job that you hate and you don't feel like you're maybe helping anybody or feel like you're trying to help people who don't want the help um there's so many jobs that are that you know where people don't want the help yeah but
0: But I was starting to get depressed, too, in television, like the last couple of jobs I had were, you know, I really took more for the money than the love of the game. Yeah. And um, so that was I was really starting on the road back to depression. And then I um, I started volunteering and that's kind of when the dog sitting really started because I needed to make some money, too. Yeah. But I was able to do both both of those. And then that kind of led to the documentary and and all that and i just kept going
1: so many jobs could be supported by what you're doing right right i mean when i was a writer i managed apartment buildings because guess what i'm home all day long unless there's a crisis uh or like you know rent day um that was always a heavy day and i always had a couple of days during the year where i knew for sure I was absolutely not able to write, but other than that, I could write all day long mm-hmm. and I waited tables at night and you know, I sold Avon. I did all these things to make the life work for me Right, is what I wanted was to write. Right. So then these other things seem very easy. I think when you maybe don't have a vision of what you want or what the purpose of that job is for you, you become very unhappy. Yeah. So people who are waiting tables, And that's not, they don't feel that's their purpose. I think I really loved waiting tables. I thought it was (laughs) awesome because you make really good, fast money. You're always hustling and moving. You're always trying to sell somebody something a little better, but not to be inappropriate. And then you get to make someone happy and have someone have a wonderful evening. That Mm -hmm. was, I thought, where's the bad in this? I'm tired, but hey, I'd be tired digging ditches too. So why not do this? But I always had another purpose. Right. And the people in the restaurant with me, the last restaurant I worked with was a really big restaurant. So many of them were so miserable. And I thought, why are you working this job? Right. Like, you don't have to do this for a living. It's not like someone said you will wait tables and that is your only option. Right. What does that job afford you? But Because there's a reason why you stay in a job that you hate. Right. And then can't you change your perspective on that job that you hate and look at what it affords you right i don't i mean obviously i currently am one to talk at this moment in life but i've had many jobs before bert was so successful that one might say sucked you know i worked Mm -hmm. at a freaking video store um i sold wedding gowns talk about drama wow try selling wedding (laughs) gowns it's a nightmare like you practically get stabbed by people if you bring the wrong gown or say the wrong thing it was it was it was not a fun job wow um i worked in a bank also not fun wow you know sold avon I waited tables i was a personal assistant for a really wealthy guy that was not fun either i worked in a finance office as like the person who just made sure there was office supplies everywhere i drove a tow truck for my dad wow um what else have i done i mean all all those jobs are kind of you know some of them are kind of purpose-free yeah unless they give you what you need to do something else like dog sitting gives you freedom some balance you you in some ways sort of run your own schedule like Mm -hmm. if you were hardcore into yoga you could still do yoga and dog sit all day long
0: yeah no, it's very free, freedom oriented.
1: Yeah. Sure. I wish as a society, we would look at life a little more like that. My life gives me freedom. I do this podcast when my guest can, but really when I can first, mm-hmm. I have to work for me. And then I figure out when. So, you know, not that I'm making a gazillion dollars, but it is something that I feel I have a purpose in yeah. and. don't know i wish we thought more like that as a society i like i got in the car the other day and she said so way back she had said she either wants to be a bartender or a zookeeper or a trophy wife she's not sure (laughs) i was like hashtag goals i don't really care i'm not really into the trophy wife piece (laughs) because that part i think has a lot of baggage you don't understand but I I don't really care if she wants to be a bartender or a a, a zookeeper, because the truth is rarely is your first job, your last job, right? For sure. You can go to college anytime you want. And a lot of shit doesn't need a college education, maybe a certificate or a two year program. Maybe if that, for some certain things, you don't have to have a college degree to be a writer Mm -mm. or a director. I mean, obviously is helpful. But if you have a natural creativity and a curiosity to learn, you can do anything you want. Yeah. So when she got in the car, I thought to myself, I wonder how many of her friends' parents would go, zookeeper, you can <laughs> just mark that off your list right now. Which is kind of ridiculous, you know? So what I was like, well, why don't we see if there's like a summer intern program and you can intern mm. at the zoo next oh, summer smart. between junior and senior year. And if you like it. Then pursue it. I don't know what you need for credentials to be a zookeeper. I would imagine you have to have some kind of biology degree or something, animal, animal zoology. Yeah. But then that's something you can look into, you know. um
0: But why not? What's wrong with being a zookeeper? The whole Irwin family, you know, Steve Irwin's family, they run a the zoo. Totally, They're very successful, very happy people.
1: And why can't you just work at the zoo and be a very happy person? You can. Why can't you just do that? Why do you have to be?
0: It is the pressure, though, because I'm not sure like if I didn't have the other stuff going on, the documentary and the book, like I'm not sure how how happy with myself I'd be. Of course. You know,
1: that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. If your job makes you happy, like being a zookeeper makes you happy. Great. But if being a zookeeper pays the bills so that you can do something else. Right. Great. Yeah. It's all about your purpose, right? Yeah. Your purpose is is educating people and sharing your life story so that other people feel not alone, comforted, right. uh, aided, so you can make this journey easier for them in some capacity. Mm-hmm. That's a real purpose. Yeah,
0: It's the first one I've had, too. I mean, it, I never felt pr- like I enjoyed my life in television very much, but I didn't feel purposeful in it. I didn't feel like, you know, I like I was giving anything to the world. I mean, entertainment. Yes. Um, but I think because I come from a background where my dad's a doctor and my mom was a social worker and stuff like I never felt it was enough. Mm. So now, like like I said, kind of combining the two skills uh, the so, or this feel of social service or giving back and then um, with what I like to do, which is the television stuff mm-hmm. has really made a difference.
1: That's awesome. Ruth. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, no. It's impressive that you were brave enough to pivot.
0: Well, I kind of didn't have a choice because it was it was well, I had a I had a panic attack um, when my I, my dog got diagnosed with cancer, which mm. sort of started me on this whole journey, finding out like what was quote unquote wrong with me because I couldn't snap out of this depression. And then um when I realized it had a lot to do with like unresolved grief and things like that is when I really started looking into the suicide stuff. And so it just that too kind of just happened naturally. Like I started talking to people and then the idea came up to talk to my family about it. And I was like, once I thought of it, you know, I'm like, now I can't not do it. Mm-hmm. So
1: <laughs> But don't you think that's brave?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say no, but I mean I don't think of myself as brave, but I think what I did was brave. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's very brave to go. I'm going to leave this whole industry behind in a sense and f- pivot and work over here, yeah. which even though they're related to television, suicide prevention and education and social services and support is not the first thing I think of when I think of television.
0: Yeah. no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah I, yeah, I know. yeah, I was sort of like I did. I was telling Isla the other day I did a a documentary on spontaneous human combustion like oh it was God. fun but i'm not sure who that helped
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely didn't help isla because probably isla's going
0: am i going to spontaneously combust she was she was kind of saying can it happen if you do this can it happen uh, i'm like it doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> it's not real watch the documentary you'll, you'll see it <laughs> that's so funny i can i can see isla's brain going what she's that- like what if i swallow a bomb well no that's not spontaneous then you're stupid you would combust but it wouldn't be spontaneous
1: (laughs) her brain is so funny yeah i've been thinking really seriously about being a zookeeper i'm like that's great though because she does
0: love animals
1: she loves animals I said, you need to work on zookeeping your cat first because your litter box up there is a disaster and there's no food in her bowl and you haven't changed your bowl in days. I I go up there and feed her, but I tell her there was no food in her bowl again. I said, so your animal husbandry is less than impressive at the moment. (laughs) So if you're going to be a zookeeper, you may want to step up your game, like just with your own cat. And she was like, ma. It's totally different when it's a job. I'm like, no, it's actually no. You're 16. We're not going to worry about this. It
0: is your job. Start paying her for it. Say, I'll pay you a dollar if you take care of your own cat. No. <laughs> no,
1: I will not do that. No. Because she should just take care of her own cat. Oh, she
0: should. That's a very cute cat.
1: She's so sweet. That cat has been really, really helpful. Okay. I worry about what we're going to do with her when Ila goes to college. If Ila decides to go to college. I don't think a lot of colleges allow cats in the dorm.
0: Probably not.
1: So, I don't know how I'm going to acclimate this cat.
0: You're going to transition her into the house. <sighs> I
1: don't know. I said to Isla, maybe we'll see if Georgia wants to take her for a year because Georgia will be in an apartment and can have a cat. Oh, so, there you go. She may move in with her auntie because Georgia loves her. Um, and for people listening, Isla has a cat that lives in her room. She has a room that's like the size of a studio apartment in New York. It's a big room, but it's a cat that helps with her anxiety. Uh, And it's done wonders. I mean, it's done wonders for her sleep anxiety. She she was like checking the doors and windows at night. And she stopped doing that because she watches the cat. And I tried forever to get all three dogs and Gus to sleep. Any of them in any combination to sleep in her room. And they never would, which freaked her out even more because she thought, see, something bad is in my room. And I kept going, no, they just want to be where I am. And even though they sleep in the living room and I sleep in the master bedroom, I think they want to be close, as close to me as they can get. Yeah. So
0: and they're I, used to being with each other, too, especially Mac and Izzy.
1: Yes, they are used to being with each other. I wish they could sleep with me, but I can't sleep with those big dogs. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can't. You'd need two of your beds. To I would need
1: two. Bert said, just get two king size beds. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I do not want to sleep with two hundred and f- plus dogs I know, because they don't they would be on me. Right. That's the problem. Izzy cannot sit unless she's on me. Right. And then Mac wants to be on me. And then I can't move. And I already have Gus is already on me. Mona, at least now's gotten so old. She's like, I'll just be at the bottom of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you make sure I'm in bed with you, I'm good. Yeah. But I'll be. She doesn't snuggle with me anymore. And I'll try to make her snuggle with me. And she's like, pass. I'm just going to go
0: down. Oh, she's never snuggled with me. No, she, no. She's always made her little space. Yes. On the bed.
1: She used to sleep probably one or two nights a week, like in my arm, like, like, like spooning. Uh, And then as she's gotten older, she's gotten like, it must be uncomfortable or something. She must not. It's not comfortable or something because she stopped doing it
0: that's what sometimes with her i'm like do you want me to keep petting you do you want me to stop do you want me
1: she's so old that that lady i can't believe she's still getting it done in the capacity that she is she's amazing
0: she's like a little puppy the way she bounds around the house like she's she's the fastest one of all of them
1: yes she is a little (laughs) springy bouncy 16 year old broke down (laughs) one eye no ears broke down dog but she's still kind of She's so happy.
0: She is a very happy dog.
1: She's a happy, happy dog. And so that's what I'm waiting for, you know, is when she's no longer happy. Because that's when you kind of know. We don't talk about these things. I know, but you
0: know. I'm very attached to that dog.
1: I know you are. She is to you too. (laughs) Very attached. Uh, Georgia went to college and was not emotional about it. She was super excited and then stopped and went. I just realized that Mona is definitely gonna die while I'm in college because she's sixteen Aww. and Georgia has four years of college. I don't think Mona's gonna make it to 20 that would be really unheard of. And when Georgia said that she just fell totally apart. She was like, I'm not gonna be here. I'm not gonna uh, that's gonna be terrible. I'm not gonna get to say goodbye. And I said, well, just say goodbye every time you say goodbye not from a grief place but from a like loving i love you right. really sincere place so if that does happen you've had that moment with her where you feel like you really gave her some extra love yeah. so she did and then she went oh, the same as for gus Aww. he's gonna be gone too and i was like well some cats live to be 25 he's a little long he, no? he's 16 16 but i was like you never know cat the guy the cat might make it through but mona i don't know she's she's still got that spring in her step but 16 old
0: yeah my my childhood dog was a little terrier that lived till 18 yeah and um we had to put him to sleep eventually but um so my dad actually i was living in new york at the time and my dad flew me home so i could say goodbye Aww. that was and that was the first time i ever saw my dad cry was Aww. when we put him to sleep it's very sad
1: it is very sad i don't like those moments i hate oh. them
0: i mean you sort of wish they'd just die you know yes. so it's natural and nice and neat but then again you want to be able to say goodbye so it's yeah it's it's a rough one
1: it's hard my my childhood cat fatty i got fatty when i was five and he was 18 when he passed away and he just wasn't doing well and we were like we're gonna give him through the weekend and if it, it, well we're gonna put him down like on sunday and i got up that morning and went to college and i just said to him hey buddy if you need to go just go it's okay i'm okay and i came home and he was in his little favorite spot on the balcony curled up in the sun and he had gone Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i was so glad i i said that before i went to college that day and that he went and got in his little favorite he was in the sun he was so warm it was just perfect um but i had to put my second cat mufasa down and it was terrible yeah he was, it was awful. Um, so heartbreaking. And Priscilla.
0: Yeah, that was the worst. Oh, I went to bed terrible. for three days after Priscilla. Died. You did. <laughs> it made me so sad. You were probably exhausted from the worry. Well, you know? it, the whole thing was pretty traumatic. Yeah,
1: it was terrible. I, I know it was. <laughs> there's a tissue if you need one. It was terrible.
0: It was traumatic
1: for everybody. I felt terrible for you because we had well, I no I felt terrible idea. for you
0: guys. Like there you're on vacation and I'm like, uh. I think you need to come kill your dog.
1: I know, right? It was awful. But I kept going, poor Ruth. Who wants to just show up for a dog sitting job (laughs) and have a dog like collapse and go to the hospital? That's the only
0: one that's died on me. I mean, I've had some that have died, but not while I was there. But no, I mean, I just felt so bad because like trying to get her to the vet. And then she just like went down in the parking lot. And I'm like... That's my last memory of her. I was, like, struggling to get her to that. But but I felt bad for you guys. It's like racing back from the Grand Canyon just the whole time knowing what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, it was rough. It was really rough. The roughest, I think, is when I picked her up from the emergency vet. uh, Because we had driven from the Grand Canyon. We got home at, like, 1230 at night. And then um, Isla and I went to pick her up and Bert and Georgia pulled the twin mattresses off the girls' two beds and put them in the living room so that we could all sleep with her. Um, But when they rolled her out on a gurney, I almost lost my knees. I thought we should have come home. We should never have gone. But she wasn't sick when we left. We had no No, symptoms. It wasn't until like
0: the third day, I think the second or third day that I even noticed something was wrong.
1: Yep. So we had no idea but I just felt terrible. And, you know, the vet had said on the phone, I think we should put her down now. And I said, I I, 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 I can't do that. I got to come home. And I, I don't want her to die by herself. It was in COVID, wasn't it? Yes, it was in COVID. I don't want her to die by herself in a hospital, having been with you for hours. I can't do that. But then when I got there, I went, I made her suffer for hours so said that, that we they could say goodbye cleared her out.
0: Though, so she wasn't in that she much was pain
1: better, but boy, that, that whole next day was just terrible. And I just felt so guilty. I felt so bad. I thought I just had her suffer so that we could say
0: goodbye. Um, well, I felt that because she was having, she didn't really, she was out in the front yard and she didn't really want to come inside at all. So it's like I could have just let her stay there. Yeah. And, you know, she could have maybe died in peace, happy, whatever. But I'm like, I can't. Then we'd never know. Yeah. And then that would be horrible in a whole other way. Yes. You know, so it's like there's there's no good way for it to happen No, But I was glad that you guys came. Because yeah. I'd hate, I'd have hated for the last thing for her to remember was me being like
1: Brazil. <laughs> oh, Brazil, Apotamus, <laughs> trying to
0: tug her across the parking lot.
1: Well, we definitely got to say goodbye. It was very, uh, it was very um, heartfelt and sweet and emotional and hard. And I think she really felt loved. So I think we oh, sent yeah. her off with her really feeling surrounded by the people who loved her. I mean, all the campers came and said goodbye. Oh wow. Um, They all came in and gave her hugs and loves. And, and, uh, I mean, we tried to get the, the, the vet to come and euthanize her early in the day and she just couldn't do it till like three o'clock. And the, the bad part of that is she was really uncomfortable, but the good part was everybody got to say goodbye. Everybody. We got to spend so much time with her that we were like, she, she needs to go like, this is, uh, she needs to go. Yeah. This is not good. Bless her heart. She was a good one. Yeah. Do, Do you, you think you'll ever get another dog?
0: Um if I'm ever in a situation too Yeah. But I mean it's hard now because it's like that's the problem too. If if I was ever to stop doing this. Like I'm actually in love with all these dogs. (laughs) How am I going to stop seeing my dogs?
1: Um, I actually have 35 dogs. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. So I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility. And then the whole thing, like if they get sick, you know, you have to have money to take care of an animal. So yeah, totally. kind of the same thing as like me ever getting an apartment again or starting over. It's like, how would I ever have enough money now to have my own, but I have so many. You do have a lot. I
1: know everybody that I've referred you to just loves you oh. and they love the way you care for their dogs is everybody's been like Ruth is the best oh. and the dog loves her. Um, So cool that oh. you do that. I really do think I genuinely do think it's really cool.
0: No, it is. I mean, I can't I cannot complain about any of it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I created it myself and I love it. You know, I think if I hated it, I probably would have figured out something else to do. But I really do love it. And yeah. it's like I said, I get to live in a lifestyle way above anything I could provide for myself. <laughs> <sighs> so there's really no downside to it at all. I bet you have been to
1: a lot of fancy houses.
0: Um, Yours being the fanciest. No, uh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's fancy in different ways. But um, yeah, I mean, they've all been really nice and yeah. big and you know, more than I need or, or would get for myself. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see how different people live, you know, but then you realize like everybody's house is kind of the same. Like I can f- find my way pretty much around anyone's kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how many places are there to put silverware? Yeah. You know, right? Everybody's got it in the drawer. <laughs> yes. Basically There's the nothing place. that hard about it. So, um, you know yeah it's 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 pretty phenomenal i mean like i said whatever force my mom or whoever's leaking out for me it's been pretty magical just to watch it sort of come to fruition to to be at the place i'm now yeah that i'm pretty much booked like steadily
1: that's awesome i need to put my request in for spring break yes you do um what is your favorite thing about living in someone else's house temporarily
0: um I think just having nice house around me and having a kitchen if I want to use it and just, you know, all the amenities and just being in a nice place. You know, I grew up in a nice house and it's kind of like being home, you know, in a way. Cool. Especially when when it's people that I come back to over and over and over, you know. Yeah. But I mean the, the only weird thing is like you know, I, I don't like to be there when the people come home. Yeah. Like that to me is weird. It's like one second it's like my place. Yeah. And then the second they're back, I'm like, I'm just a guest. Like
1: just, yeah, yeah. I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, that would be an interesting transition. Yeah. yeah. So. I always wondered, I was like, you don't have to leave when we get home. We you don't have to be gone. I always felt like we made you feel like you had to be gone No, it's totally in my the beginning. Issue. And then as I got to know you, I was like, oh, this is nothing to do with us. Yeah. I like, Surely she feels comfortable enough with us. You know, it. we're not doing anything. It, I have had to figure it out. Yeah. I was like, oh, I hope I hope I'm not like rude and I'm not. No, I'm realizing like people want to
0: come home, especially if you're coming back from a vi- big vacation. Like I know. I just I just wanna go home and have yeah, yeah. my home. I don't yeah. want like some girl sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, hey. like when you guys came home from Australia that early that time. I don't know if you even remember you told me you were coming home at eight at night and you came home at eight in the morning. Yes. I think I was still in my pajamas. Yes,
1: I'm like, hey. I do remember. <laughs> Oops. My bad. And I was like, this is totally my fault.
0: But I'm I know, but I'm like, oh my god, they've just come from Australia. Like they must be exhausted, just wanna like sit in their house and no, get all my stuff together. It was fine. No, you've always been very welcoming. It but, was fine. But I'm like that with everybody. I just, I just figure even the dog I sit for during the day. Sometimes, like I get out of there before her mom comes home at night. Yeah, it's just my thing. Yeah, just ski daddle. I like to be alone, so I assume other people do.
1: <laughs> I know you'd said that to me before. You, you would prefer to be alone. A lot of the
0: time. I mean, it does. It does get lonely sometimes because like I sort of sometimes never have anybody to talk to. Right. Right. But um, but I do mostly. I mean, I'm an introvert by nature, but I also just I like to be alone. Yeah. It's always been that way. Huh. I like to be alone, too. I like my alone time,
1: but I like people. I'm a highly social introvert. Yeah. But at a certain point, I'm like everybody out.
0: Yeah. That's that's (laughs) what I am. I can be social. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Everybody out. Mama needs to be by herself. I love when Bert's home and then I love when he leaves. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I get to clean my house and it stays that way. And then second of all, I just have myself to take care of. I like that a lot too. Um, I had another, I was like, I have two more questions. One is, what do you like about other people's houses? And the other one was, um, um, if you had to stop doing this today, what would you do instead?
0: Um 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 why do I have to stop no no I'm just curious I'm curious what <laughs> I told you once I had a dream I think I mentioned it to you I had a dream that you were telling me like we only allow people to work with us for the five years yes, and that <laughs> remember this dream so your your five years is up and so this is going to be like the last time <laughs> I like, no. um I don't know it's hard because again I I'm not set up to like do anything else right now mm-hmm. so I mean I hope hopefully when i do stop it'll be because co- it'll be because i have something else to do like with my right. film or whatever but um
1: well that's actually not what i mean
0: i know so, if, like, like if i had to choose something else to do
1: yes be. and if if you didn't worry about where you live or any of that stuff just the purposeful the doing what else would you do no not the practical piece
0: um this is
1: dream time fantasy
0: i'd be a trophy wife no. <laughs>
1: could be <laughs> drumming wives together
0: <laughs> um i'm not sure i'd um i don't know i like doing lots of different things like probably something to do with production but maybe more on like specials or you know benefits for causes or something like that um more than like reality tv yeah kind of Stuff. Is that, that what you were doing before was reality? well more like home home decor kind of reality and stuff i did um I, I, show ran my big redneck wedding for three, oh, yeah. three seasons. That was my big, that was like the pinnacle of my career. My but, big
1: redneck wedding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like I used to work on specials. I worked at MTV early on in my career and I worked on specials and that's what I really like to do. Like focus on one thing. What
1: you do know. you mean by specials? Like,
0: um, when this is going to date me, but when Rolling Stone magazine had their 25th anniversary, I worked on the 90 minute special about Rolling Stone magazine. Okay, got it. So it's like kind of a one-off like, okay, got for it. a very distinct purpose, got it. um, versus working on a series where it's like the same stuff over and over and over right, again. Right. So, um, I'd probably try and find my way back into production. Mm -hmm. Uh, for something like that with people that I've worked with before and really like,
1: right. And something that you enjoy doing maybe. Um, Okay. That's cool. I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) I just am curious. I always am curious with if your current job disappeared, didn't exist, wasn't on the planet. What would you do? I, I think that's a really interesting question because it, I don't know. It just shows you a different side of that person. Yeah. I'll have to
0: think um, about that
1: oh uh, when you when i asked myself today what i would do i think i might have been like some kind of like teacher or something uh-huh. so i really enjoy I'm such a dork i really enjoy my girl scout trip so i'm like oh maybe i should have done that i've been told my whole life you should have been a teacher i was like i'd never be a teacher uh, i i don't like nine to five yeah. um i don't like like You have to be here at this time every day, every single day. But the act of teaching and watching these kids and Girl Scouts brings me so much fulfillment that I wonder if I wouldn't look into something like that. Maybe,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'd like to, there's other documentaries I'd like to do not on suicide, you know, that I've always had ideas for and stuff. So like what? Um, Well, one is called like Ancient Arts and it's, it's about like, you know, um, like in Guatemala, how they do all the hand weaving and stuff. Uh-huh. So looking at the teacher student relationship, because how it's passed down through generations and stuff, and just learning about those different kinds of arts. Like I, I, cool. if, if I could go back to, co- or if I had stayed in college and really thought about what I wanted to do, I probably would have studied anthropology or something. Cause I'm really interested in other cultures and travel. So I'd, I'd like to make films about like just stuff like that, that I'm interested in that people might not think about
1: that's really cool
0: yeah very cool so we'll see
1: when i travel i always try to buy a handicraft something that is handmade that's cultural yeah um because i feel like that means so much more than just some kind of kitschy stupid totally you know guatemala written on the side i'd much rather have like sandals that someone made or a blanket that someone wove
0: And there's a whole tradition behind it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm fascinated about. That's very
1: cool. Yeah. So Um, we'll see. Well, that's very cool. Well, I can tell you this. I really appreciate having you. Thank you. You take a big load off my brain to leave town and know that my house and my animals and my kids sometimes are just handled. I don't have to think about it. It's okay. And and I feel I don't ever feel bad asking you because I know that you bop from house to house. And I go, well, not that i have like I'm helping her, but that it's a win right, win. Right. I go, if she's available, then I, that really does work for her. And it it makes me feel better. I always have this weird thing in my brain where I feel bad to ask somebody like. I used to have a mobile groomer mm-hmm. and I would. I would avoid asking him to come. group. He's his freaking job. Right. But something about it made me feel like I was imposing on him. Same with the car wash person who comes and washes our cars because in California, people get their car washed. They don't wash them themselves. Right. Um, and, you know, same with anybody in that capacity. I always feel really bad asking for mm-hmm. help. Never. Me. Um, I know. And I don't because I feel like, well, this helps her, too. It's yeah. clear. So she's helping me, but it helps her, too. It's a win-win. Yeah, um, even, absolutely. Even though the money part of paying these people doesn't register the same. I don't yeah. know why.
0: No, but it, but it, what you said makes me feel good because that's that's how who I want to be. Like, the person, like, you don't have to worry about anything when you're gone. Cause, no, I don't. You know, I got it covered.
1: I don't worry about anything. And Can I know if something goes wrong, you'll call me. Yeah. Like, the, you're not going to... F- quote figure it out (laughs) you're going to go okay priscilla has collapsed in a parking lot what do i do and then we go okay here's what we do and you do it Um, but it's really nice it's really relieving because i've had before i I found you i had dog sitters that stressed me out so much because i had this one dog sitter i swear to god in a friday to sunday called me like nine times so the dog food and i'm like dude I write it all down. It's all written down. Read the freaking thing. And if you can't figure out two scoops kibble, one scoop wet, you got problems. Right. You know, so that was back when nobody had medication. You know, it was just super easy. Um, And he called me nine times in one wow. weekend. And I was like, this was not relaxing yeah it, 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 now i'm worried that my dog's gonna run out the front door because you're such an idiot you can't even figure out how to feed him you know what i mean right now now i'm concerned about other issues right. which is whatever well,
0: i'm glad i can be that person for you well thank you Ruth.
1: <laughs> thank you and thank you for all the help you give me you're welcome. all the time you're my backup lately for yeah. picking up isla and for Picking up the pieces that I keep dropping. So thank you for being that. Thank you for allowing me to be there. (laughs) Uh, I appreciate it. So do I. Thanks for being on the podcast today. My
0: pleasure. Yay.